If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Unlocked. It's the world's number one Xbox show for uh, September 6th, following up Labor Day. It's episode number 312. Coming up on this week's show, we're talking about uh, L.A. Noir. Yeah. Dig what that year one is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's not 2011. There's a very good reason we're going to talk about L.A. Noir. So stay tuned for that. Plus, Crystal Dynamics has a not-so-secret Marvel Avengers game in the works and some job postings unearthed by the uh, NeoGAF sleuths have given us some hints as to what that game will be all about. Plus, uh, if you've been waiting for mouse and keyboard support on Xbox One, got some good news for you there. Plus, uh, a hint about where Call of Duty, specifically when Call of Duty, may be heading to uh, in subsequent installments after this year's World War II version. So, with that, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. We've got the shark, Sean Finnegan. Jump shop. Hello, everyone. Fresh off of... A Back from PAX. Rough night's sleep. You played a lot of Destiny last night. We'll get to that in a second. Totally. Uh, we've got Brendan Tyrell. Hello. From, of House Tyrell sitting in today. <laughs> Always good to have you. Thank you. You're never going to escape. Didn't they all die? Embrace it. Shh, spoilers. <laughs> People yeah, already I got already got... Three the, guys got mad about that. The last time that I was on the show, I was like, <laughs> well, not anymore, I guess. Yeah. And Marty Sleva. Hi. Representing uh, these two, representing team button-down shirts versus right. team yeah, t-shirts, if you're watching on video. We dress on, to impress. On this side of the table. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I, don't, I dress to depress. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, guys... Uh, big big thing of this week, the, the juggernaut that is <laughs> Destiny Two has arrived. Yeah. And I want to start, Marty. I know you've completed the campaign already. I have. Yeah, <laughs> I've, my, I have a high light level. I've done a raid. Uh, me and my Galahorn are married now. <laughs> uh, let's go to someone who's actually played. <laughs> I'm gonna start it. I am very excited. But yes, Sean. Oh yeah, Sean. Uh, you were up late last night. Yeah, I played for about five hours. What are you thinking of Destiny 2 so far? So far, so good, man. It's Destiny, except a lot more focused and more finely tuned. And all of the feedback that the audience gave them about the story and about the cinematics and about uh, the characters the first time around seemingly has been addressed and in a really big, bad way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. You know, I've been very public about not my criticism of, of Destiny 1. They just... They did not hold me after the so-so story because mm-hmm. I didn't want to grind my way up to, to raid time. And so I played my up to level 18 and then I was done. But so far, uh, I, I just did – I just got to level two. I guess story-wise, I won't tell you what that beat is, but more or less the prologue. Right, We right. can kind of call it the prologue. <laughs> I'm really impressed with it so mm-hmm. far as well. It's uh, it, it, th- I feel like there's more – story and more of a focus on story packed into the first probably hour and a half to two hours of the game than there was in most of most of destiny one's campaign yeah i'd agree with you man like i think a lot of people it didn't really resonate with them the story in the first game and this time they've really focused on that beat and like you said the first couple hours are so focused on setting up the conflict between the cabal red legion and the guardians and some big stuff happens that i won't spoil but i think you guys kind of all know from the trailers what goes on there and uh all of that happens like in this very condensed chunk of uh time where basically you jump in and from the first like minute to the like second 
hour you're basically in this huge conflict and trying to get like your bearings and it's actually pretty cool it sounds like there's a bunch of like really small quality of life changes that make people look back at destiny one and be like man there was some there was a lot of bs we put up with and didn't realize it oh yeah there's a lot of that like one of the big ones is they talked about it when we did the ign first but the new the new functionality of the directory works a lot better before when you had to go from activity to activity or from destination to destination you had to go from whatever planet you were on or wherever location you were into orbit, into orbit, into orbit yeah. Then yeah, back and then down. back into another activity and just <clears throat> even loading from the destination to orbit and orbit to pvp or whatever activity took forever yeah. and now you can directly go from activity to planet to activity without having to go into orbit. It's really great. Um, you hit on something before we came on the air, Sean, that what's, that I wanted to get into because I, I actually came to about the same conclusion, but kind of in a I sort of had a different take on it. But and that's we both we both think. There's a lot of Bungie slash Halo DNA in this game. Uh, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard for me to even quantify, but just having played every single Bungie game uh, since Halo 1, I mean, somebody on Twitter was like, well, have you played Pathways into Darkness and Marathon? Have you played Oni? I <laughs> uh, actually never played Oni, so I, I guess play I haven't Oni. played every Bungie game ever. But Fake uh, Bungie fan. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a poser. What can I say? But no, it's I, I really see a lot of Halo DNA in, in Destiny 2, even in those first couple hours. Just from not only like the way the set pieces are presented where your eyes are drawn upward to these like gorgeous skyboxes and and set pieces that are typically in the sky or totally. or in the on the horizon uh to the uh just even the way the encounters are like they just it kind of has there's a there's there is halo in there and i really appreciated that it made, it brought a smile to my face the whole time I was playing. Yeah, and specifically like tone-wise early on, I got a very distinct ODST feel. Uh, again, not being... I'm going to try and keep spoilers to a minimum here, but again, in the trailers, this is a world without light. Basically, the city falls right yeah. in that first mission. And uh, the, the, the 5 to 10 to 15... Actually, it's a little bit longer than that. The first, let's call it the first hour, is yeah. you dealing with the fallout of that. And yeah. it's very downtrodden and very... Uh, kind of despairing and hopeless and you feel the weight of that on your shoulders mm-hmm. as a guardian and it's really cool because you got none of that emotional impact the first time around in destiny <clears throat> yeah i like the fact that it's measured you know mm-hmm. there's a long stretch in there where you're just kind of walking and there's this really somber cello playing in the background um and that whole opening scene i think is is sort of Bungie trying to say like, hey, look, we addressed what you guys were talking about, about the story moments because yeah. at the you know the end of Destiny 1, sorry if you haven't finished it yet, but like you get a pulse rifle and you have no answers and you have no idea what to do <laughs> except to – I don't have time to explain why I don't have time to explain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you just – at that point, you're like, well, I guess now I start gearing up for the raid, which like yeah. you were saying, at that point, you're just done. Um, and so I think even in this first mission, you saw a lot of like moments where – the game forces you into these set pieces where you turn a corner and you see like that vista on the horizon, yes. like the burning city of New Mombasa, you know, in the background mm-hmm. that you would see in a Halo game or, um, you, you know, just, just the world itself is happening around you rather than you trying to inject yourself into the story. And I think that's one of the big things that was missing in the first Destiny game. And totally. um, I haven't played very far. I was going to wait for PC, but I think I'm going to pick it up because the... Got to uh, be part of the conversation, the man. Hype, yeah. uh, the hype bite. Got to get in there. I, I, that was one thing I found a little disappointing as I played so much of the PC. Yeah. Play, and I've been playing a lot of the PC version since we saw it at E3 or whatever. Um I am so sad about going back to 30 FPS. I, know. I on it's, multiple occasions, it's crispy. On, yeah, <laughs> on multiple occasions, I think on Unlocked and on Fireteam Chat, I said that I didn't think that Destiny was really the type of game that would benefit largely from having 60 frames a second. Oh boy, was I wrong! Like after tasting the 60 frames a second, yeah, uh, it's so much nicer to have that like fluidity and responsiveness in the controls, and I'm just gonna miss that. Yeah, and I actually always felt Destiny was one of those shooters that it wasn't all about precision. It's about, you know, movement and strategy and placement because you have all these abilities and, you know, melee is such a heavy part of the experience. Um, going to PC, I always thought like, well, it's going to be, you know, a little bit more akin to like a CSGO experience or like a very, um, you know, very precise sort of shooter. It didn't – it still felt like very much like Destiny and just faster and mm-hmm. uh, a little more crisp. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a little more uh, fluid. As a gameplay first person, like it's just kind of, uh, I don't know. I feel 
like I'm missing out a little bit yeah. on the best experience. Uh, there's stuff to be said about you know having the game two months before the PC people get it. So I, in terms of being part of the discussion and kind of seeing the tweets of everyone playing all at the same time, like that's really uh, that experience is like something you probably can't replicate. Right. But in terms of yeah, I think I think far and away when it comes down to it, the PC experience is probably going to be better. And that makes me a little sad Totally, because I'm a big, I love playing on Xbox and I love playing on my 60 inch plasma TV. Like yeah. that to me is, that is destiny and it makes it super cinematic. But I think at some point I might have to move on over oh, to sure. PC but, if I'm going to take the yeah. game like very seriously. Yeah. And like you said, like if you wait that month and a half, you miss the water cooler moment that we're having right now and that we've had this morning. It just kind of sucks that they didn't launch side by side. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I kind of get it. Um, we'll probably get to it a little bit later in the show, but there's just a lot of things that are going on in the PC version that are different and need to be addressed differently. Mm-hmm. And I think Bungie is very uh, focused on making that. Like making sure they do it right because if you launch shit wrong, if you try and uh, you know rush the PC experience out there, there's a great chance that it could just go really well, off. Especially the rails when quickly. this is the debut Destiny PC yeah. experience. Yeah, absolutely. This is your this is your first impression for a lot of PC gamers what? who did not play it on any console. Did Halo Halo Four come to PC? No. So when was the last time Bungie released a PC game? Bungie never has. Yeah, uh, it's oh, always sorry. been. I, I was since just thinking Halo. I mean, sorry, sorry. Yeah, let me since. Uh, yeah. Let's say Microsoft did PC okay, versions yeah. of Halo Two, and I can't. Even, I Halo don't 1 think 1. there was one for Halo Three. I think it was just Halo I One and think Two. So. I think you're right. I, I remember there was, was those PC sent like PC only maps mm-hmm. for Halo yeah. Two, right? PC only uh, maps. Halo. Yeah, the, yeah, there were two for the Halo Halo Two Vista. Yes. It was for Windows God. Vista. Oh, I thought of that one. Popping in the way back. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, two two maps that yeah. were, and then uh, Halo One PC yeah. had uh, six or eight. Yeah, but that's been what, maps over a decade. Box. So that's yeah, a long, that's a long time for right. a studio not to make. But PC. yeah, uh, Brandon, real quick before we move on from Destiny, the one other thing that you touched on that uh, I wanted to bring up too is I saw this this uh, th- response a lot. In, in my, to my initial reactions to the game on Twitter, a lot of people were calling out, "Yeah, I really love the music," and it's yeah. and it's yeah. This is uh, you know, Destiny One was kind of without Marty O'Donnell. This Destiny Two absolutely is uh, without Marty O'Donnell. But they've you know he's he's my in my opinion the best in the business. But they really have done a Bungie's done a great job on it's, the score in the in the at least in those early. Early moments, there's just a lot of uh, sweeping emotional kind of score to back up what's going on on screen. Yeah, and I'm curious to see if that carries over once, you know, the narrative or the story of the game actually picks up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're thrust into those action positions because when I think of the Halo music, it's all about that crunchy guitar, you know, da 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 um, but in Destiny, like the only taste that I've had of it so far is, like I said, all crunchy that crunchy like, cello. Yeah, crunch, crunchy cello. Uh, it's all that like emotionally sweeping music in the beginning when you are experiencing part of a balanced breakfast. Yeah. Uh, when you are experiencing like sort of the fall of the city, right? So I'm curious to see how it picks up. But right now, man, that music is so good. I'm yeah. at about I'm a level I'm level eleven right now. I'm kind of past the first three main beats of the game. Yeah. Uh, I will say that the music does have like a big tone shift like it does get to a little bit more upbeat and kind yeah. of but it's it's still very prevalent yeah so oh yeah far. absolutely that's great the music plays like a really big part in all of the storytelling oh, missions so far good love hearing that yeah I, I am eager to keep going uh and then not to look too far ahead but my next my final big question for destiny 2 besides am i gonna like the story this time so far so good is what will be, what leap will be required to go from end of story <clears throat> to beginning of raid? I was just about to bring that up. I still <laughs> think that there's a lot of people out there who don't see the wall that they're headed towards. Yeah. Where don't, uh, don't do this to me. <laughs> yeah, like there is going to be. I'm already planning it out. Me and my fire team were talking about it yesterday. But just like we're already strategizing how to like what activities and missions and adventures and whatever to save yeah. based on the rewards you get in order to make that jump from light level cap to raid ready. Jesus. Yeah, because like what happens is you go through the campaign and once you finish it, you're not automatically raid ready. You have to do all this stuff. Yeah. Do we, in order wait, to do we know that? Is that is that a known fact at this point? Uh, it's first, never the first known. one. Word. Well, right, but there, but yeah. but again, we've talked about this before. I'm trying to streamline. I, it. Well, I was at the gameplay reveal event in LA uh, and Luke Smith came out and they they straight up said, "Hey, 50% of our players ever experienced the raid, which was both amazing because you had to, 
you know, work so hard to get to the raid, but also like, oh, we want all of our players to experience it. And then they offered no details as to how to bring that number close to 100%. So that gave me hope at the time that maybe they were going to do something. They had an idea in mind to get people like me across that chasm without without having to... Wasn't that their segue into the clan system? Maybe I'm misremembering. I could be 100% wrong. But I thought he said the social implications of the clan system were supposed to help you always have a party that can get you there. Well, there are definitely systems they've integrated into the buddy system. Yeah. 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 Uh, That that will help single players find groups in order to get to the raid. But the point still remains that as you progress through the campaign and you're acquiring all this gear, your power level is increasing. But by the time you hit the end of the campaign and start doing the regular day-to-day activities and such, there's this presumably a gap the way there has been in every other Destiny pre-raid that you have to jump in order to get raid ready. And even when you – and basically you won't be let into the raid unless you hit a minimum power level. and strategizing how big that chasm is we don't really know like you said before a lot of people in the first destiny were turned off by the fact that the chasm was too big and there wasn't enough to do in the game that made it easy to get there so it became super grindy and very tedious i'm sure that they've done everything they can to make it not that but the fact remains like the goal is still to give players something difficult and challenging and rewarding to do in order to progress and i think are you saying that or did bungie say that what do you mean are, is that is that Sean talking right now, or is that no? But no, that's the game. Like any <laughs> Destiny player will tell you, like the goal is to make the grind but fun, that is not your to eliminate interpretation the grind. of the game. No, but we I don't. Mean, I'm, that's the my point is okay. Yes, the, the full disclosure. I'm not a dev. I don't know what <laughs> but, their goals are. Let's say that's exactly. But I have my to point. speculate as someone who's put like 1,500 right. hours into it. Yes, Jesus and hi- Christ. History. Yes, history yeah. does <laughs> offer a, a precedent. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there, but. My point is going up based off of what Luke said and based off the fact that I cannot possibly be alone in this in, in not wanting to do the grind. Now, spare me, I, spare me the tweets because I, I totally get that there are, gonna be, there are a ton of people out there I've heard from them before that are like, but Ryan, that's part of the game. You ha- you know, you, the grind is like you're earning it. I totally – I don't want to earn it. <laughs> I, no, no. I totally respect where you're coming from. My point is – Give me as a as a player who just wants to do the story content and then do the raid, which is widely regarded as the best aspect of Destiny. Yeah. Just give me one. Just give me one raid that that I can that I can jump right into after completing the story, and then subsequent raids that are released in expansion packs or however mm-hmm. it's going to work. Make those the super high level. You got to go earn it, grindy things. Just just give me one because. What you could do also from a design perspective, if, if you do that, I'm not a game designer, but this is just me spitballing at this point. So, Ryan, is this you, you speculating? <laughs> or? Yes. yes, it is. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you give me that one, let, I'll, I'm going to go through the story. Hopefully, I'm going to really enjoy the story. If you let me pretty much hop into a raid after that and be, be ready for that first raid, I might find it so awesome and get so hooked on it that then I go ahead and say, all right, now I am going to – do the grinds and I'm, I'm, you know, it may, it may just in, endear more loyalty from your players after if you just give them a taste of, of what that is without having to basically, you know, walk the, the 40 days and 40 nights through the, the barren <laughs> desert that is the, the grind fest. But, so here's the thing is, what if it was fun? The grind. What if you enjoyed doing it and you didn't feel like I mean, it was a grind? That would help. I, but I just want to play the damn raid. Yeah. It, it is. I, I did get to play a taste of it uh, in uh, in our original IGN first coverage of the first Destiny. I was in a room with uh, with Luke, and I, actually, it was in a my raid group was Jason Jones and Luke and a bunch of other uh, Destiny senior staff. And I was like, "Yep, this is." We played about the first third of it, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, "This is really cool." But then, you know, when the game came out, and I found out what it took to get there. Like I don't have that time, the yeah. time or interest to go through yeah. that. So all I'm saying, I'm hoping there's a there's a middle ground here. 
And I think, like I said before, I think that middle ground isn't eliminating the grind. It's making the grind fun. Like that would they've be integrated start. all these different activities and stuff that you're supposed to do regularly in order yeah. after you finish if, the campaign to get raid ready. If they can el- either – if they can uh, make it fun and minimize it, like please make it because mm. by all accounts, it's – Still well, a little against the minimizing part. I feel like you got to earn it, man. The raid is and I And I respect that. But again, yeah. just just give me one. <laughs> just give me, I get it. Let me, give me get my – Yeah, give me one raid and then you, you guys, you hardcore guys can have all the rest. That's <laughs> not a bad idea, man. Like a level 10 version of the raid that I mean because we we remember in Destiny the first game the uh, the raid on normal mode was a different experience from the raid on hard mode not just because the numbers were bigger and the health bars were longer but because there were different mechanics and different you know berserk timers and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff going on so maybe like a level 10 version so you can get that story I mean other MMOs have done this before yeah a, a stripped down smaller uh, easier version of that raid so like you know what I know what happened story wise at the end of the raid I, I know the big monster fell and what that means for or at least you get a sense for the world like yeah Yeah, and then you go back to the normal one where you have to finish the story and that sets you up for strikes which sets you up for nightfall which sets you up for the raid you know so maybe give you something smaller to taste you know what what the mechanics and the the game mode is i actually like that idea jump mid-game raids or like lower end raids everyone remember van cleef from world of warcraft no 17 raid boss the first human faction raid yeah yeah Westfall or something. That's all I'm saying. You see see where I'm coming from. No, there's merit in that. Yeah. (laughs) I just, again, like I think that that earning that and like that slow, methodical, not necessarily slow, that methodical sort of like inching your way towards getting better and better and improving your character over time and with playtime is like a key and integral part of Destiny. I guess my last point is I just think that it's possible to have both. I don't think it has to be one or the other. The, The, you know noob easy wussy version of the raid for <laughs> guys like me that don't want to put in the the dozens of hours well i think it's possible to have that and still serve the hardcore audience i think bungie's full of smart designers that can figure that out I and mean, i guess the, it's already done we just we're, oh, yeah. we're all just waiting to see <laughs> we know there's when no, it has no, already no, been made if yeah, we had just started playing we would have been done by now <laughs> that's true yeah we could be right raid ready just from the beginning of this conversation yeah. if we'd been playing well thanks for tuning in to fireteam <laughs> chat uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway uh all right so yeah long story short we're all very happy with destiny 2 thus far so kudos to bungie for uh Make it at least a strong first impression. We'll see what happens going forward. And keep forward. it out for Destin's review, which is currently a yes. review in progress. Yeah, he is, why he's not here. It is why he's not here. It, he is almost literally living inside Destiny right now. Sounds about right. Destin in Destiny. That's how it goes. Uh, Marty, you were at PAX last week. Was. Weekend. I was definitely the only one of the four of us at PAX. Sean was also at PAX. Sorry, dude. It's all good. I I'm not. We talked enough about destiny. Yeah, it's your turn. Well, I know. I don't know which. It says here, talk go. about Biomutant. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> Marty. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So we were uh, we were up in Seattle at PAX West. Uh, I thought it was great. We had a bunch of panels, uh, fan meetups, uh, a ton of unlocked fans, uh, which was super cool. And yeah, a couple uh, Microsoft centric things there. One, we got finally got to go hands on with Biomutant, which is super yes. exciting. That was the game that was announced. Uh, at right before Gamescom, it's THQ by us. Nordic. Yeah, no, it's by <laughs> us. Uh, being developed by uh, Experiment 101, which is uh, a new studio founded by X Avalanche Studios, yes. so uh, high level folks who worked on Just Cause and Mad Max. Hmm. Um, in the game, uh, playing like this 25 minute demo, um, it, it felt a little bit like it was showing you all of the elements that are going to be in the final game and then sort of tease what the open world is going to be you like. You mean like a. Vertical slice, a little the, bit. The bane of every. I don't even <laughs> think it's going to be a vertical slice. I feel like it just very quickly was like, "This is what uh, melee combat's like. This yeah. is what range combat's yeah, like. Yeah. This is what elemental combat's like." Um, it was like little scenarios set up. Yeah, pretty much like little little uh, yeah scenarios with hallways in between them. But the whole thing is this: it's uh, an open world uh, fantasy action RPG where you right from the get go it's just character creator where you create a little like ferret rat yeah. raccoon thing it's rodents and mechs yeah it's exactly fantastic. rodents and mechs and post it's like mid apocalyptic but all you know fantasy setting um uh, the freedom in character creation I thought was super cool. You can make it as weird and ugly or small and cute as you want. Uh, and then the combat feels like it, it mixes hack and slash with um, 
slow-mo, like John Woo-esque gunplay. Oh, really? But also a lot of smart uh, elemental things where you could like – you gain the ability to shoot moths at your enemies and they distract them or control electricity and there's sort of environmental and puzzles. I'll tell you, I watched uh, – there was an 11-minute gameplay mm-hmm. video which maybe was presumably yeah. taken from that 25-minute demo you played. I got a, I got a tonally, I got some Borderlands vibes from it, which, yeah. which I, which I say in a good way. There's parts where you fire your gun and like a little speech bubble that right, says, and there's bam. like a narrator. Yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely feels like the writing feels a little bit funny and, and, uh, tongue in cheek. Uh, but then, uh, I think the thing that sold me most in the game was talking to them and their sort of promise of what the open world's gonna be like and, and like Just Cause, like a huge emphasis on crazy vehicles with jet skis and hot air balloons and like a giant hand of a mech that you can control that yeah. sort of like acts as a spider. I saw that, yeah. Like rotates over and yeah, fires missiles. Yeah, which is super fingers. cool. Yeah. And then, uh, kind of got. Middle finger? Or? Uh, I, I would imagine so. From all the fingers. Yeah, from all the fingers. Yeah. Yeah, or the gun finger. Yeah. yeah. This is the gun finger. Actually, it was, now that you mentioned that, it was <laughs> like, the hand rotates and shoots like this yeah. and like that is perfect yeah um and then vibes of fable in that it's uh, yeah. an open world game but sort of uh, you have a morality system and and you can choose the whole game revolves around this tree of life that's dying and you can choose to be a good guy and try to save it or be a bad guy and just let the world burn is, around is you. this <clears throat> is it is it actually ori in the will of the wisps if there's a tree yeah, of look life at this. that's dying <laughs> yeah it's just 3d ori it's totally fine that e3 tease was just a, a ruse, ruse? This yeah is the, i love this that the game yeah viral marketing i will say i didn't play the game yeah. but i watched over your shoulder in alana's as we captured the game uh the part that really really intrigued me was it it the demo kind of ends as soon as you get to the open world it's very much a tease like Mm -hmm. the proper sense of it but like as soon as it opens up it looks very vast and open and interesting and it seems like a world i'd really want to get my like you know, go explore. Your yeah, on. And, yeah. It looks, and it just looks. <laughs> I different. stopped myself. That's like one of the things. <laughs> I think I read a. I read a preview. I think it was PC Gamer or something. Where every time they refer to the character, they put in parentheses a different rodent with a question mark. Like the entire <laughs> thing. You're like, and your meerkat, <laughs> trash, trash panda. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but that was really cool. That was uh, probably one of the uh, one of the games I was most impressed by. And you uh, you were at the ID at Xbox event, yeah. correct? But yeah. Did you go as well, Sean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was what? There. Uh, so I know. Cuphead was there. It's yeah. always. And I think at that point I was like, I'm done. Just I, I will yeah. play the game when yeah. we have it. Yeah. I understand it. So what? What did? Uh, what did you check out? What was good at the ID at Xbox event? The game that always stands out to me. We've seen it a couple times now. Is this game called Hello Neighbor? Which again I haven't mm-hmm. played, but Alana really likes, and I've watched mm-hmm. you guys play it a bunch. Yeah, and we actually just put up a uh, let's play on the YouTube channel, which oh, is nice. YouTube.com/slash IGN Unlocked, and we're going to be doing let's plays yeah, every Monday morning on there now. Every Monday morning, Alana's uh, Alana's forcing us. She's a taskmaster. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So our first one of that is up. I'm very bad at that game spoilers yeah it's funny you mentioned that i played it um at e3 i think it was probably yeah. uh, they all kind of blur together yeah, yeah. um and i like, i found, had a really hard time getting into it and granted like in a huge auditorium coliseum sure. like full of a thousand people all vying to get in there like you don't really have time to get in and sync with it but like i just could not sync up what i was supposed like every time i turned the corner you know, you stop and then you turn around and his creepy face pops up in front of you, you know? Yeah. yeah. I just felt like he had my number yeah. from day one and like there was nothing <laughs> yeah, I could do. you have to be very patient and I am very impatient. Yeah. I – that's why I think it's going to be like an intense kind of gameplay experience. Like you're trying to like sneak through this It's a home house. invasion simulator. So it's yeah, like you're the wet bandits trying to kill Kevin thing. McAllister. <laughs> but Kevin McAllister is an evil old man. See, I thought yeah. you were going <laughs> in there. I thought you were going in there to rescue someone that he had already abducted. I think there's – like he's probably got some secrets. He's a weird dude. Oh, there's yeah. like different he's, levels. He owns, that, a, bunch right? of, he owns a bunch of bear traps. Yeah. Got, like you think you're the bad guy but really he's the bad guy but really you're the bad guy. <laughs> Aren't we all the bad guy? <laughs> yeah. uh, that was cool. We got to play PUBG again. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, running on – the Xbox build on a PC. Okay. Um, yeah. What else? We got to play the two Cartoon Network games. Uh, well, Andrew actually played those. Steven Universe and OKKO. OK um, I got to play really quick. Isn't uh, one of those uh, Cappy? OKKO OK is. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. Um, and then I got so to play you played Rip Black Below. Desert? Speaking of Black Cappy, Desert, was, was Below there again? No. <laughs> I don't know. I saw Nathan. Yeah. We didn't talk about Below. Probably should have. <laughs> you played Ooblets for a bit? Played Ooblets, which I'm really excited about from uh, Double Fine, a really cute sort of Harvest Moon Pokemon-esque RPG. Um, Did you guys do uh, Super Lucky's Tale at all? I played Super Lucky's Tale on Xbox One X, which was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah what did you like think it. of it? I think it's I'm, – I'm excited for it. I think it's cool. I think it releasing in the same breath as Mario Odyssey is a huge mistake. Oh, really? Um, when is it coming out? I believe a week I before mean, Mario Odyssey. To be fair, God. if – Anything releasing before? I mean, well, 
they're on complete. They're on different platforms. Sure, it's like, yeah, different audiences. Is that really gonna a lot more you know, people have an Xbox, obviously, than have a Switch. Yeah, um, I mean, the only place you're going to get burned is somebody with both consoles, right? Like, yeah, who's uh, yeah, if you, <laughs> who's not getting Mario yeah. in that in that situation? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah but that was cool. Um, yeah, they just checked out uh, the the Microsoft booth was pretty huge at the show floor. A bunch of I saw a bunch of people going hands on with uh, Sea of Thieves for the first time. Which yeah, was cool. did, did they show something else? No, it was the same was thing. Same I mean, that's, al- that's, same alphabet. There was so little new. Like they had yeah. Mordor and Assassin's Creed there, but it's all the you know stuff that's been the last couple of shows. But you know, it's open to the public. So yeah, there for there for everybody. Yeah, Dude, the the end of summer in Odyssey Fall is the worst because you go E three games compact. Yeah, like TGS. Yeah, Comic Con's in there yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Like, what more do you show? Probably the most. Uh, the most impressive thing I saw there, which as of right now isn't coming to consoles, but I think it might at some point, was the Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. The thing that's insane about it is it's just it's Final Fantasy 15 on an iPad, but it's it's all chibi characters. Yeah. But it's just the game, all the voiceover, the all the voiceover. <laughs> it starts with the flash forward, and then it has the car breaking down, and you oh pushing at the hammerhead. It has all the VO. It has Stand By Me. Like at the first couple missions of the same. Andrew and I played the first 25 minutes, and the entire time we were just like, how is this real? <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot wait to <laughs> see the Cup of Noodles mission and, in this game. With the little chibi dudes, yeah. I hope, that comes to, I hope it comes to consoles, because it's just... So weird. I don't know how it exists. I'm glad that's, it that's does. That's cool. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Good show. All right. Let's get to the proper news for the week. Uh, there's not too much, but uh, the first thing that I wanted to get to is L.A. Noir. Uh, mm-hmm. I really liked L.A. Noir when it came out. It was a little divisive. I think most people liked it in general. Sure. But uh, you know, there, there are fair criticisms to be had of L.A. Noir, but I was so enamored with the interrogation system yep. and like having to try and read emotions mm-hmm. on faces. And I... I adored that game well it is coming back uh la noir uh let's see it's not actually called la noir remastered it's just they're just calling it la noir uh for ps4 and xbox one it's out november 14th soon that is coming up yeah wow yeah yeah uh the, the complete original game and all dlc with a what rockstar says is quote a range of technical enhancements for greater greater visual fidelity and authenticity, including enhanced lighting and clouds, high-res textures and more, plays natively in 1080 for PS4 and Xbox One, and 4K for PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. Uh, Interesting. Which, you know, I suppose there's always just the make it backwards compatible for free option, sure. but hey, if it's going to look kick-ass on, on the X, yeah. sure, soup it up, let's go. Inter- yeah, why not? Interesting time to do it. Six years later, out of the blue. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, my – not a conspiracy theory, but my guess is that the that maybe the, the Take-Two slash Rockstar executives went, well, yeah, okay, GTA Online's making huge money for us, but we haven't released anything. Yeah. In Red Dead. Slip. In a long time. Yeah. And Red Dead, yeah, is pushed out. So – uh, could we get? Is there anything we could get out for fourth quarter, which is just such a huge revenue quarter? And maybe they looked at this and went, you know what? We could, we could have a little fun with, mm-hmm. with uh, porting up La Noir, especially because La Noir had that what was it called motion scan technology? I think where they basically just like scanned your face when you're talking. Yeah. You know, yeah, they recorded like the actors. Completely. The, the performances in the mm-hmm. game are the actors' performances, and. Uh, I was actually just watching gameplay of it not too long ago, and, and it looks good. But I wonder if now they're like, well, with the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X, like how good can those faces look? Very so. true. And like you said, it's one of those things where it matters how good they look because yeah. you are reading people's emotions yeah. in order as a mechanic in the game. So yeah. it, it is interesting to where like that is the one thing where a visual upgrade could actually mechanically improve the game. Yes. Uh, yeah, the the open world stuff doesn't quite gel super yeah. well with the especially with comparison the, to GTA. Yeah, like with it, the investigation yeah. and detective gameplay and the uh, the story, in my opinion, kind of falls apart at the end. The, the end sequence is not great, but uh, yeah, I just I do adore that game, and I'm I'm glad to see it coming back around. What I'm actually more interested in, as someone who's already played Eleanor. Mm-hmm. Is uh, the, there is a VR version coming as well? I know this is an Xbox podcast. Of course there Just give is. me a minute. No, but uh, it's LA Noir, the VR case files <clears throat> featuring seven select cases from the original oh. game, rebuilt specifically for a VR experience on the HTC Vive, which, yes, the Vive yeah. is the best, is, is like technically the best of the uh, of the VR devices. So, Had a recent price drop, too. That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that should be. Uh, that's really. Yeah, that I think re- that's I, interesting. I, just because it's like such a top tier AAA developer getting into VR. Yeah, which I think it's that cool. exactly. Yeah, what I totally think this is is an R and D play. Yeah, yeah. Like they are like table tennis style. Yeah, yeah honestly, totally. Yeah. They're checking out you know what they can do with the extra numbers that can crunch their games on the the more powerful platforms now, and then testing the waters with VR. I think that's awesome. Like when they when I first heard this announcement, I couldn't figure out why they were doing it now. I mean. You know, allegedly there was some bad blood between Team Bondi before they dissolved and mm. Rockstar and Rockstar ended up allegedly, again, pumping a bunch of money into the development of it just to see it through to the finish line. Right. So I thought maybe this was like an ROI play, like trying to recomp some of that. But it totally makes sense that they're trying to see what the next level of Rockstar yeah. development is. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, some of the some of my favorite VR things have been like these sort of test things from – you know, triple Bat- developers, Batman, Batman yes. uh, even like the, the, the Dota shopkeeper thing that from valve is, oh, I don't yeah. care about Dota, about but it was that. one of the coolest things I've ever done in VR. Even, yeah. even the valves, uh, the, the portal the, thing. The, the, well, yeah, the, the test room. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like just as an experience, yeah. it's not a scene Gladys that, but yeah, as yeah. a, as an experience, it's super neat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, what was I going to say about this? I feel like oh. November is a, a, this is a weird time for this. Like, I feel like this, this should have been like a summer thing. You know, yeah, but, I, I you think know, your like, reasoning makes sense, but just like <laughs> I would have been much more apt to play this had it released in like July. You got to remember you mean though, when there's nothing else. Out yeah. there, Ro- yeah. Rockstar is Doesn't, used to other yeah. people getting out of their yeah, way, yeah. so I don't think they're particularly yeah, <laughs> afraid. Yeah. It just seems state. like all games lost. Like now that Destiny's out, I just can't imagine unless it's like Super Mario. <laughs> Yeah, but well, there's we, not we, a lot of games. It's a lot, okay, that's, it's a it's a long. This isn't a sprint. This is a marathon yeah. through the fall. You well, it's definitely a sprint for a little bit. <laughs> you always feel that way, like the first three weeks of a big shooter or a big multiplayer enabled game. It's like, well, I don't envision myself buying another game this I mean, year. You know, and then, but, but he, he, put he puts his money where his mouth. Yeah, fifteen hundred hours. Are you still going to be playing Halo this fall? Oh man, I mean. Yeah, probably. I'm such a huge Halo guy, but honestly, like when I got really into Destiny after House of Wolves, I stopped playing Halo and I was just full on the Destiny train. I imagine that'll be the same thing. Like now that Destiny is on, I'm just going to be on that Destiny train until death. Yeah, yeah. It's until death, <laughs> until the sweet release, until 1500 hours. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Like I'm, I'm huge into Halo and. Uh, I you know I adore that multiplayer so much, but it's one of those games where you really have to you play it you have to play it kind of all the time if you want yeah. to keep your skills sharp. I know that when I jump into Destiny and play for a couple months and then come back, I'm so bad at Halo. It's just like which is so funny because to yeah. me they both feel not the same, not identical, but like of the two shooters on the market, Destiny and Halo feel the most similar. Well, they have the same other. DNA. Yeah, them. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you're right. They do share a lot of the same qualities, but in terms of the Halo <laughs> Five gameplay on a competitive level, like it's so much faster. Like it's yeah. like it's a country mile faster than Destiny's gameplay is. Destiny can be like very slow and methodical. It's very ability based. Sure, it's not so much like control the weapons and all that stuff, like arena gameplay style. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I just don't see myself playing much of anything after Destiny this year. Of course, I'll play a, a ton of Mario, and I made sure to beat Zelda before Destiny came out. So, planned ahead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next story, I actually forgot to write down, but I'm glad the thought just occurred to me. I wanted to mention the September update for Gears of War Four. We're getting two more free multiplayer maps. One's called Mercy, which is uh, from Gears Three, and then Harbor Haze, which is a new map. Uh, new achievements, matchmaking improvements. But uh, the, the thing I wanted to focus on is just giving serious credit to the coalition because listen to this. that uh, They mention – so next month, October, marks the first anniversary of Gears 4 and the arrival. They'll have two more maps next month for a total of 24 new maps, two a month for a year. Pretty wild. That is so impressive uh, for Gears 4. They said – so they've – in that time, they'll, they've released 22 additional maps in the first year. Uh, it'll be well, it'll be 24. Pardon me for a total of 34 in the game, plus the, you know including the ones that ship with it. Added new multiplayer characters and weapon skins. Delivered new game changing features, including the competitive lobby, rise of the horde, and more. Uh, 18 special events across versus and horde, including holiday themed favorites, and 38 new achievements and a thousand extra gamer score. I mean that is what a what a what a great community. Uh, sounds like they focus a, game. Sounds like they took a page right out of the Halo Five book. And we mm-hmm. said that before it came out yeah. too. Like they had that same sort of like all the maps and content's going to be free, and and they have 
they have executed on that plan yeah. and just deserve a ton of credit. And, it's really impressive. And I, I suspect they're going to get uh, a lot of people either coming into Gears 4 for the first time or coming back to it for the first time in a long time when the Xbox One X comes out and they've got their 4K mm-hmm. update. And whether they're new or they're people coming back, they're going to be like, holy crap, there is a ton of of multiplayer content in this and i suspect there they'll see a uh, a well-deserved bump in in uh, the player population yeah. on that so uh, just shout out thumbs up to to the coalition for for continuing to support gears of war 4 that is great because the the calendar would seem to dictate if they're going to be on a three-year cycle the same way that 343 has been and i believe still is we're, you know, Gears 5 is probably not going to be till 2019. Yeah. So uh, I wonder what they'll do for 2018. Yeah. Be a good question. Uh, all right. Crystal Dynamics, makers of Tomb Raider. <coughs> they are uh, not super secretly on a Marvel <laughs> Avengers game. Uh, and the sleuths at NeoGAF have dug up some job postings that give a little hint as to what this this uh, Marvel game might be all about. Uh, one posting was looking for a lead level designer focusing uh, on, quote, fun and unique online experiences. And also the job posting mentions an understanding needed for the social implications of shared gameplay, as well as referencing various modes and campaigns. And then there's a combat designer job listing uh, who, and the, the, the key thing here is planning Plan, prototype, and build combat systems that directly apply to a third-person cover-based action-adventure game. Yeah. That's Destiny. I honestly think this shared open-world thing. Not really cover-based. Well, no, the shared open-world thing. Like this, I think every major publisher is looking at Destiny and being like, how do we do that? I mean, the Division, Anthem. Yeah. Uh, what else is already out there? I mean, that's, this one, yeah, I this mean, one, yeah, um, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but I mean, just in just in general, like the industry is having like there's this kind of tectonic shift towards games as a service, where you're looking at the long tail of like gameplay for your audience long beyond the launch of the game, right? Yeah. Destiny love, love is the use of tectonic shift, by the way. That's, that's, that's great a podcasting right there. Yeah, like it's it is a big shift though. Like it used to be that you wanted to get when you put down sixty dollars for a game, you wanted to get fifty or sixty hours of gameplay on it, and on the long end you got maybe a hundred. And now people are seeing games come out on the market where like me, I play Destiny one for fifteen hundred hours. <clears throat> Counter Strike Go, I probably have put forty thousand hours, I have no idea. A little too much in that one. Yeah, it's probably less than forty thousand. What's the what is it the is it Mal- the Malcolm Gladwell is that who, the yeah. ten thousand hours yeah, thing? Yeah. So oh, yeah, to well, be a expert, to be yeah, an that's expert how you or a master. master. Yeah. <laughs> I'd call myself a master of Counter Strike. I bet yeah, I, I uh, think you are. Yeah, but you know, not even just those, but like you know, Miranda and Brian Albert and Mitch, like those people have four thousand hours in uh, Dota. Those like there's are sick in the head though. Well, <laughs> <laughs> not disputing that. <laughs> yeah, shrug. <laughs> uh, I I think that there's shrug. a long like. You can if you can do a game like that well, like the way Valve has done, your whole business model can be around sustaining two or three large franchises for years and years and years, and you never have to continually upkeep or uh, develop new games, which is you know a costly endeavor, and you also may swing and miss. Yeah, so it's like a big thing. I think this is, I don't know. I mean, it's funny you mentioned that because literally in the same post, they say we see games as a service as the future of the industry, and we're going to lean into it hard, and this seems to be the first step of you know square and crystal like trying to get into that racket you know like activision like you just said activision's got destiny call of duty and up until recently skylanders um as really like the three main pillars well plus all the blizzard stuff sure yeah, yeah now that now that activision and blizzard are, are part of the same umbrella company yeah um so yeah i i think it's smart you know to create a game with legs like that i don't know how you put the avengers in a third person cover game because yeah, that doesn't well, that doesn't seem to me like the right vehicle for the avengers like three of them can fly uh mm-hmm. the hulk just basically runs through stuff you know well but the, and that's why uh segue segue right into my next point which is that's why you put crystal dynamics on it which is arguably the top western talent that square mm-hmm. enix has mm-hmm. and so you wonder okay well what about tomb raider then because that franchise is clearly one that's alive and well 
And uh, if you if you remember, we I'm sure we talked about it on this podcast, but it was some months back on on Bart. Somebody like photographed over oh, yeah. laptop yeah, over yeah. some dude's shoulder, and it suggested that the name of the game, the name of the next Tomb Raider game, is Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and it's being handled out of uh, Idos, Montreal, mm-hmm. which uh, would make a ton of sense. Like they were, you know, put them on. They're, they're a proven developer, but Crystal's, like I said, <laughs> arguably your your top talent. Put them because you put your top talent on the Marvel thing because you want to make a kick-ass product. To show Marvel to say, hey, look what we're doing with the contract that we have with you. Please keep giving us that contract so we can all make tons more money. And it's always risky doing new IPs, too. So you really want that to be your marquee kind of talent. Is Crystal a two-team studio or one team? Uh, To to my knowledge, which is only having visited there for Tomb Raiders, I mean, I think they were, at least with the last two Tomb Raider games, they were all, it was one team team all on one one game, but... It's I have a feeling they've they grown quite a bit. Yeah. 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 Next this week, uh, mouse and keyboard support. Some people have been looking for this on the Xbox One. It is still happening. Uh, Mikey Barra, of course, one of the, the platform leads on the, on the dev side at Microsoft on the Xbox team. He says, keyboard and mouse support is definitely coming. Uh, and he says that Microsoft will, quote, coach developers, making sure they give players the choice in, co- in competitive games of whether they're playing against users with controllers or with keyboards, which uh, sounds like a super smart way to head off yep. a lot of problems, uh, which, you know, old guys like me will remember back to the Shadowrun experiment <laughs> on the Xbox 360 where it was actually cross-platform uh, play between Windows yeah. and 360. And the uh, we, we did a feature once at OXM. We we had PC Gamer which and Dan Stapleton and his his magazine down the hall on the PCs and us on the 360s and they wiped the floor with us <laughs> and we're probably all of generally similar skill yeah. but yeah when you when you've got mouse and keyboard against against game pads mm-hmm. uh, it's generally not going to end well for the I think gamepad folks. So. Except for one time in a tournament where Alfredo's controller team on Xbox like they won the E3 tournament. Do you guys remember that? Like in 2015, no, they played against. I believe it. Alfredo's awesome at video games. They, so. Well, they also were like so hardcore into Titanfall, but his. Yeah. Like ev- they entered a PC tournament. And played with controllers. And played with controllers and won. Wow. And everyone was like, who are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty insulting. <laughs> who are these guys? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think this is awesome, man. Like uh, <clears throat> detecting inputs and letting you choose who you play against is the first step to like true yeah. crossplay. I think, yeah. Like I actually, Gear, Gears does Gears Four does that uh, has opt in matchmaking where because same thing where you know there's the PC version you can choose like well first they had it where you could only cross play in Horde where you're working Got together it, yeah and then they had opt in competitive matchmaking which with filters for peripherals exactly yeah. which is a smart way to go and that seems like hopefully Microsoft's just going to I mean I hope they won't coach developers I hope they'll straight up require that yeah. I mean, that would be the, would the totally way agree. I'd like to see it go. I'm interested to see how Microsoft addressed some of the challenges in this because it's totally a thing that's really in line with their philosophy. Like Phil's talked about how he kind of wants to unify Xbox and PC as like one platform, right? Mm-hmm. Making Xbox Live like available on PC and vice versa, cross-play, cross-save, all that. I'm so on board with it. But there are situations where mouse and keyboard on consoles has become problematic, like in Overwatch. I don't know if you guys are any – like if any of you are Overwatch players, but like mm-hmm. – in order to be competitive on console, you have to use Zim 4, which is this like adapter yeah. you can go buy on Amazon. It's like 150 bucks, but it allows you to plug mouse and keyboard into it and then connect that to your Xbox and essentially allow it mm. the console to recognize a controller, but it's a mouse and keyboard. We- and now the players who use that are at such a huge advantage over other controller players, and there's literally no way for Blizzard or the dev Stop or it. the client to detect that peripheral. But Microsoft could, and Sony could. Yeah, so I think it takes... Firmware updates. That's why I'm interested in how do they address those challenges, because we're looking down the barrel of that exact same thing right yeah. now at uh, on Destiny. Like, people who want to use mouse and keyboard to be competitive on PC can now acquire aim assist by using Zim because Destiny has aim assist support for controllers. So if you play with a controller on PC, you get aim assist, which is obviously a huge advantage competitively. But if you want to play with PC and get the, you know, the 
in the more sort of nuanced and tactile feel of mouse and keyboard, but also get the aim assist. You can use the Zim thing, and there's no way to detect it. Yeah. Huh. And that's like a huge imbalance in competitive play. Would- so I would love to see Microsoft and Sony come forward and be like, we want to bring mouse and keyboard. This is how we're going to address these third-party products that yeah. may cause like imbalances in the competitive like landscape. Which is crazy because a lot of games are developed specifically for their platform. Like, how many times has Kaplan gone on the record saying, like, a skill that works on McCree and PC does not work yeah, the same on McCree point. in Xbox? So now you have the precision of PC with the forgiveness of the, you know, whatever the yeah. console exactly. balance. Yeah. Which has led um, to that big problem on the Overwatch community, which is like every high level, you know, Sean Pitts out there. Mm hmm. Very, very high-level Overwatch player on console has to play with mouse and keyboard, has that Zim adapter, because there's no way you can play against players like that on console and expect to be competitive with a controller. That sucks. I find that to be like, that's a huge problem. Yeah. Well, Mike notes, Mikey Barr notes, uh, quote, you'll be seeing, or you'll see our first game supporting keyboard and mouse soon. Uh, I wonder if they will... Destiny 2? Go, uh, well, they, just the, the Age of Empires... Oh, that's a really good point. They announced it for PC, but I wonder if uh, this certainly would open the door. We've solved the RTS on console problem. Just use a keyboard. (laughs) Use a (laughs) keyboard. Exactly. All right, finally this week, Treyarch's Call of Duty. Remember, it's their turn next year. We've got Call of Duty World War II uh, getting ready to ship here in exactly two months. And uh, which, boy, just that reminds me. We've seen almost nothing of the campaign but I'm I'm actually happy about that. Yeah, like I saw yeah. it behind closed doors at E3, and they showed a really cool, very cool segment. Yeah. Oh yeah. I kind of hope I don't see any more yeah. of it until I until I actually sit down and play it. That would be a nice yeah totally nice change. Uh, anyway, so Treyarch's on deck for next year, and I've said before, like I I kind of feel like you know the Black Ops sub franchise seems to have run its course. There have been three of them. Like, are you really going to do Black Ops four? And it sounds like probably not. So this is Eric Hirschberg, the uh, CEO of Activision. He says, I think with the benefit of hindsight, he was talking to Game Informer, so credit to them there. <laughs> says, we can all, with the, with the benefit of hindsight, we can all agree we might have had one more future game than we needed. He also indicates that internally, the feeling w- uh, was right that it was time to, quote, return to the series roots by bringing, back, bringing the games back to their original setting. I'm going to throw in a boots on the ground for Marty. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. (laughs) He didn't actually say it. I just did. Monster. (laughs) Uh, When pressed on the future direction of the series, Hirschberg is understandably cagey, but doesn't rule out a return to the franchise's advanced warfare settings, citing the ever-changing nature of the game's industry and the series itself. He's more firm, however, on the prospect of future historical games, citing the, quote, very rich territory provided by World War II and historical settings in general, and referring to it as an area that could be explored, quote, more than once. So he sure seems to be telegraphing the idea that uh, Uh, Treyarch will be going back in time as well. Yeah. Totally misunderstood what you meant when you said on the prospect of future historical games. I was like, what is a future <laughs> historical game? And I was thinking like, like got Bioshock. Got We've got to go back to the future. Yeah, like I was thinking like Bioshock, like alternate like yeah. kind of future versions of the 50s and stuff. And then I was like, no, no. he just means upcoming Coming. games. <laughs> got it. Uh, I'm on the same page with that rumor. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. Welcome to the show, Sean. Yeah. Clearly, the Treyarch's game is in development so it's already yeah. whatever it is it is yeah. what it is um but i just think this year compared to last year the reception to world war ii compared to infinite warfare has been so much better i mean infinite warfare was that the trailer was like the most downvoted video just because the internet can be dumb sometimes well but that yeah. that to be fair that was because of the call of duty 4 remaster forced sure. bundle oh yeah, yeah. You, that wasn't just because it. the game was set in the future but People also I don't know. I, th- I think there was a little bit. I think people were f- fatigued, and with Battlefield One debuting right around the same time, I think people were like, "This, we want to go back to this. We miss yeah. this." And so, I, I think generally, I think the Call of Duty World War II uh, reception's been pretty good. Yeah, everyone who's totally. played it has has dug. Oh it. yeah, I think I'm really. really yeah, I've, I'm I've, super excited for I'm the campaign. More excited about this Call of Duty than I have been in literally yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. That being said, I do think. I don't think Black Ops is done, honestly. You don't think I, so? do, I, I don't think, either. I yeah. think the cachet of that name is huge. I yeah. think maybe the, the Bobby will tell you Call of Duty number one super fan yeah. out there will tell you Black Ops is far and away the most like profitable and best of the whole series. Yeah. He rates it higher overall than like Modern Warfare. So Black Ops one 
was sort of Cold War, yeah. uh, sort of well, Vietnam. It, it, it was it had a couple sort of time periods. It, it was so, pulled through a yeah. series of time. Periods. Do you think there? So you think there will be Black Ops Four, but it will? I think go will back. Era will yeah. go back yeah. in time. Totally. Yeah. I can see yeah that. Cold War, so. Vietnam. Yeah, that would differentiate enough from this year. Because it would be by by moving it, you know, twenty thirty years into the future from uh, World War Two. I think you, have, you know, much different technology. In, or go ahead, totally do it like the way they did the first Black Ops, which is my favorite Call of Duty of it's all really time. Good. Both multiplayer and campaign, really which cool. is yeah, I loved it. Which is uh, you know, the first chapter takes place in the thirties, the next in the sixties, yeah. with next in the seventies. You know, yeah, yeah. I get um, that because I, I could totally. I mean, we had so many World War Two games from Call of Duty two, one, two, three. Uh, World at War. I know. Big Red I, one. Yeah. Big Red One. Oh, that was. That was a World War II game. Was that Medal of Honor or was that Call of Duty? That's that was Call of Duty. Duty. Oh, Call of Duty? Yeah. Okay. It was uh, on uh, original Xbox and PS2. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Right when. It, there's the, at the same time, Call of Duty, Duty 2, 2 came was, out for 360. Yeah. 2005. Well, I know things are cyclical, but I would love not to do another four years in the World War II theater. I agree with that. I um, think variety is key at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, Especially when we have three teams working on things. Like, totally. Exactly. Yeah. Three years. Yeah, let's mix it up. I mean, uh, why not? Yeah. Why not mix it up and keep players sort of I think that, offering something yeah, new? Yeah, I think you. the problem was that uh, Black Ops 3, Advanced Warfare, and Infinite Warfare all felt a little too samey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, they, no they stripped it away from what I think Call of Duty is best at, which is boots on the ground, boots on the, gr- boots on the ground <laughs> gun angles, lines of sight, yeah. setting up traps. And then you have your futuristic versions of the game, which turned it into basically an arena shooter, you know, a de facto arena shooter where you bounce off the walls and like double, triple jump and then do a power slide and then use your exoskeleton to punch <laughs> someone's head dangerous, off. <laughs> dangerously close to like Unreal Tournament there yeah. for a yeah. little bit. <laughs> so in three years when it's, <clears throat> when it's uh, Sledgehammer's turn again, are we going to get Call of Duty World War II 2? World War II 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 2.2. 2. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's ballerina. So, yeah, ballerina. Dude, ballerina. Oh, I got it. Already knows what's up. Yeah. Watch the video. YouTube.com slash IGN Unlocked <laughs> for some gold you won't want to miss. Uh, all right. So that's that's it for the news this week. I'm going to go to Brandon Tyrell. Hey, what's up? What can we spend our money on out there this week? I mean, wow. we know what everyone is spending their money on, but what else is out there? I mean, there's this little thing called Destiny 2 that just came out this week. Um, you might want to pick that up. on PS- AKA Destiny's Child. Yeah. Did you see like <laughs> they're so bad today? <laughs> Did you see the social photos of everyone like lining up outside of GameStops to get Destiny Two? Still happens. Yeah, I was. I, I haven't seen something actually like that blown away. Like someone linked. You were me. literally blown away. Yeah, I guess you were no like, longer wearing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. they do that for the Switch and all that too, and but that makes well, sense. Like you can't hardware. get one. <laughs> yeah, hardware that makes sense, but you like, can't just download hardware at home. <laughs> but yeah, I, I found it what? perplexing. Hey, I have a 3D printer. I don't. There's people out there, like, huge lines outside of GameStop of people, like, blasting Destiny music off their, like, little Bluetooth speaker. Crunchicello? I'm so hyped. (laughs) (laughs) Close enough. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, That that was not a cello, (laughs) by any means. Uh, Hey, all right, if you're not into Destiny 2, you can also pick up Pillars of Eternity, the complete edition. Which is supposed to be excellent, by the way. Yeah. Just got an 8.5, specifically for the console version Mm -hmm. uh, on on IGN.com. So it's supposed to be excellent. Yeah, I've I, as a huge, huge fan of Diablo, I still play it uh, almost weekly on the PC. Uh, I love it on the console as well, but I've never checked out Pose of Attorney, so I might actually do that now. Uh, digitally, you can get <clears throat> Squish and the Corrupted Crystal for $15. Or you don't have to. Or you don't have to. Uh, <laughs> you can get Don't Knock Twice. Or Don't. <laughs> don't even bother knocking once. <laughs> uh, Eurofishing colon Urban Edition plus Season Pass. Yes, there is a Eurofishing video game that has a Season Pass, friends. Also, it's an this, Urban Edition. This is how far we've fallen. What is that like? Is that like a fishing flood, in people's pools? Flooded area? Like in my bath. Yeah. <laughs> Bathtub fishing? Yeah. What is the Urban Edition? Eurofishing fishing. storm. All of these storm seasons. are all so dumb sounding. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to just tear through this. Uh, Blood Bowl 2 Legendary Edition for $45. Songbringer, which actually looks like yeah. a really rad indie game. Yeah. It's like a, it's a Zelda-like, but like procedurally. I haven't played it yet, but yeah. I'm really excited to, to jump into that. I haven't played it yet either. Uh, $20 for that. Uh, White Noise 2, which I've never even which heard of. Which is what this segment is right now. Is $10. <laughs> uh, Echoes of the Fae, the Fox's Tale. Trail. Trail. Excuse me. <clears throat> Let's rename that right away. <laughs> Echoes of the Fae, the Fox's Trail, 
Okay, it's this has got to be a furry's game, right? Eight dollars. <laughs> no, that is the fox's tail. Oh, that's the furry version. Oh no. Uh, and then lastly, Life is Strange Before the Storm episode one is six dollars. Cool. I'm gonna play that. People hate that Chloe. I like not the, I Chloe. Like Rad. Chloe. Not, our, not our fan. Chloe. She's, the a, Chloe. she's a treasure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, September Games with Gold. Let's just knock these out real quick. Forza Motorsport 5, Racing Game of the Year Edition, uh, is available on your Xbox it's One. It's free. You should play this game if you have not played it. It is a wonderful car game. All month long from the 1st through the 30th of September. Uh, Oxenfree, which I know everyone has very high opinions mm-hmm. of. Big fan. Uh, September 16th through the middle of next month, well, October 15th. Sean's not going to be able to play it because it's not Destiny. That's on your, right. On your you Xbox miss One. out on prepare, prepare for just, Raid by just, playing Oxenfree. Do what I do and fill up an external hard drive want, with games that you never play. <laughs> you want me to play your games this fall, name it Destiny 2. <laughs> All right. Hydro Thunder Hurricane. Hydro uh, Thunder Hydro White. Not only is it available from the 1st to the 15th, but Rock it's topical. Rock you like a Hydro Thunder Hurricane. <laughs> uh, and that's available on X1 and X360. And lastly, Battlefield 3, if you haven't played it yet, what? is available from the 16th what? through the 30th on both the 1 and the 360. What? It's free. Weird. Show. Yeah. Sure. I, that's Weird. like three battlefields ago, two Several. battlefields ago. Yeah, because there's there was four. There, there was, was Hardline. There was four, Hardline, and one. And one. Do you Which think is it's confusing? Also a weird four battlefields convention. ago. Do you think it's yeah? That, do you think it's confusing that people look at the marketplace and they're like Battlefield Three, and then look at right next and it's like Battlefield One, and that one's yeah. way, new, <laughs> I think it's, way newer. I think it's incredibly confusing. <laughs> why is one more expensive? I yeah. think in video Wait, games, words don't Battlefield matter Battlefield One is newer. That's why <laughs> Nintendo could come out and be like, "Hey, Kentucky Route Zero is a Switch exclusive," and then Annapurna has put out a press release being like, "No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's coming to everything else." I think, unfortunately, in all of society, words, words don't, don't mean anything. Anymore, yeah, so. it's a yeah. launch exclusive what does that mean nothing it doesn't, doesn't mean, mean anything, anything. <laughs> all right thank you brandon let's uh, play thank you let's play unlock block trivia <laughs> freed from your yeah, you prison. can uh you can give destin uh some some uh you know swollen blood vessels in his jesus in his head did he? Did wow. he get it right? How did he, how did he do he, last he week? He picked up a point last week. what was week? the question last week i don't know i tried to make it a, it was kind of a layup last week do you remember what it was no I can't remember what yesterday had. Also, Destin's on 42 hours of Destiny 2 right now, so I guarantee you the blood vessels in his head have already burst. That's true. (laughs) That's true. So uh, our question comes to us from Braxton Buckley from Flower Mound, Texas. His gamer tag is B-squared2021, and he asks this question, which I I have no idea about, so I I cannot sit here and say that I would have got this one right. In the Adam Sandler remake... Of the longest yard, what original Xbox game were the guards playing in the locker room? I mean, there's a lot to unpack. Cinematic here. Yeah. classic. First of all, Braxton, we need to so talk about we're you. Talking yeah. the unlocked crew. Are we talking about Fable, Red Dead Revolver, Halo Two, or Ninja Gaiden? Who's got guesses? I'm guessing Halo Two. I don't know the answer to this. I hate this question. Yeah, Halo, Halo <laughs> Two. I'm assuming that's the game with the most visual uh, market. It'd be really weird if a bunch of, bunch of Prison cops were playing Red Dead Revolver. Yeah, is that what prison guards are? Prison cops. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to say Halo Two though because I thought it was. I also was about to guess Halo Two, but I want to be different and I'm going to say Ninja Gaiden. All right, you, sh- you should have gone with your gut. Yeah, it was Halo Two. Figure. Yeah. I can't just. I can't imagine an Adam Sandler movie where they're playing an Itagaki game. But also, as I mentioned before, we recorded <laughs> there is an Adam Sandler 9/11 movie called Rain Over Me where he plays Ooh. Shadow of the Colossus a bunch. So. Like words, nothing matters anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is life? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you would like to take a shot at stumping the panel here, please send your Xbox trivia question to unlocked at IGN.com. I need your name, uh, optionally your gamer tag if you would like it shared out, as well as four multiple choice answers. Please note <clears throat> the correct one. Also your social security you. card. <laughs> Not no. No. Mother's maiden name. Nope. The street you were born on. Either. Nope. It's fine. Oh, man. It's all fine. First pet. Just the stuff I said. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go. Let's hit the road. Uh, I remind you, you can get an ad-free IGN experience via IGN Prime, uh, so no ads on videos or on the IGN.com desktop. Go to IGN.com slash Prime for more details there. It's $30 for a one-year subscription if you're interested in that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. I've got, uh, let's see, no reviews at the moment, but I mentioned this last week. I'll mention it again. Randy Pitchford was my guest for IGN Unfiltered this month. We had an hour and a half chat and only covered 
half of the subjects I wanted to get to. So to, <laughs> he very he actually he flew back here the next week and we shot the rest of it. So that's the part two. Look for that uh, next month because people are like, well, aren't you? Did you ask him about aliens? Like, yeah, part two. <laughs> but this this first part covers a whole bunch of ground. Yeah. So please check that out on uh, YouTube on our YouTube channel, the IGN YouTube channel, IGN.com, or uh, it's also up as a podcast on iTunes as well. Sean? Follow me on Twitter at Shot by Finnegan. Going to be doing some Destiny features. <clears throat> also, take a look at all of our PAX content. A lot of good stuff there. Yeah, a lot of stuff. I have had questions about, real quick before I get to, to a gentleman, uh, if there's going to be an unlocked uh, Destiny 2 group, like an unlocked a clan on Xbox. Mm. Oh, the should. IGN clan already exists. Is it, is it all Fireteam chat? What do you is, mean? Is it all done? It, is, it, is it a Fireteam chat group? I think no, it's, it's, I think like it's just, oh, it's just an IGN, IGN group. Yeah. Okay. Is it how many characters are there? Yeah, it's totally out of curiosity for the tag. Uh, what do you mean characters? Like, like how no, long number of letters? Plan? Yeah, I don't actually know, but it is just ours. Is just IGN. Oh, cool. All right, yeah. so that exists, and they actually have unified clans now across pla- uh, PlayStation Four and Xbox One. So, like me and nice. Destin are we're all in the same clan, but we play on different platforms. Oh, nice. So, oh, red. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. All right, so look that up if you're interested. Yeah. Brandon. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. It's just my name, B-R-A-N-D-Y-N-T-Y-R-R-E-L. Did you say Y? I did. I heard that as well. Did you misspell you your name? name? my own name. You just Game of thrones your own I was Game of Thrones. Leading. All right, let me, let me unpack this. <laughs> you went I a was, little too fast. You I was leading up riches. to the last name, and I'm like, I know how to spell my first name. That's not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> that's apparently, so that's funny. not true. So <clears throat> take two, B-R-A-N-D-I-N-T-Y-R-R-E-L. <laughs> Man, that's weird, and I forgot how old I was for two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that's a little weird. That actually uh, happened. That's not happened. Yeah, no, that, seriously. That really happened. It wasn't great. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, let's see. We just finished up a bunch of IGN First stuff. If you're a fan of Assassin's Creed, you can go check that out. Go.IGN.com slash AC Origins. This has everything that brings Literally the, the entire month of content, yeah, and there's a lot of Origins stuff in is there. O-R-G-Y-N. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I almost swore right now. <laughs> I totally... I caught it. Uh, and then we also just put up the first piece of uh, the this month's IGN First, which is Code Vein. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, and you can get to that at go.ign.com slash Code Vein. If you like Dark Souls, you're going to want to pay attention to Code Vein. Yeah. Will. To our cover. Uh, or Anime Vampires. So like all of those. Go check it out. Vampire D? You kidding me? Is an anime vampire. Uh, it's not a penis reference. Vampire Hunter D is a very famous anime. It has I, nothing to do with penises. And I, I just wanted to see you squirt. Uh, <laughs> I like talking about penises. It's great. Uh, you can follow me uh, at McBiggity. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, check out our YouTube channel uh, for those thoughts. Please, youtube.com slash IGN Unlocked. Uh, subscribe. The first one is uh, Alana and I playing Hello Neighbor. Um, and I get caught in several bear traps. And, and I'm recording one with you today? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Destiny one. Yes. <laughs> what do you know? Ooh. Oh, I get to record a Knack 2 one later. Oh. Not for the IGN. Not for the No, we're putting, it up, we're putting it up on Unlocked. <laughs> 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 we put it on the NBC channel. Why not? Yeah, there's no, no nothing matters anymore. Yeah. Words that's don't right, matter. That's right. We're Brandon is not a spell his own name. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Exclusive isn't exclusive. How many eyes and Y's are in McBiggity? <laughs> just so I know. <laughs> oh man. Right. Uh, for Marty, Brandon, and Sean, I'm Ryan. This was unlocked episode. Gosh, three twelve already. Uh, we'll be back for a palindrome next week. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.